Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for June 5th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Corey and Julie Martin are on vacation this week and will be back with us next week. Now, in this week's episode, we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including Universal's announcement that it will be adding Harry Potter to Islands of Adventure. In our featured discussion this week, we'll give you some tips if you're planning on traveling to Florida during hurricane season. In our Send Bob to the Park segment this week, Bob Varley went to check out the opening day of Star Wars Weekends at MGM Studios. And Kevin Close will have his review of Restaurant Akershus in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot. All that plus roundtable rapid fire in your emails on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, before we get started this week, there are a few things that we need to clear up, a couple of retractions that we have to issue. Um, since our listeners pretty much, it was take the roundtable out for a walk week last week. Uh, first, we have to issue a correction on what we told you about there not being any significant discounts on an annual pass for Disney Vacation Club members. That was incorrect. In fact, DVC members do receive $100, I think it is, off the cost of an annual pass. So we apologize for that. Also, Corey had mentioned last week that love bugs were the result of a science experiment gone wrong at the University of Florida. And apparently that was just an urban legend. And uh, I think John also mentioned that there were only two 13-year-olds <laughs> listening to the podcast. And, and now there's three. <laughs> Stop. They took him out to lunch on that they, one. They were very determined to let you know that there were more younger listeners than you were willing to give credit for. So. And that's good. I think it's great. I'm glad. Welcome I'm to glad we have such a diverse, uh, diverse listenership, young why, and old alike. Why are you listening to this and that stuff that your parents would hate? Go listen to rock and roll. No, no. Oh, oh boy. Talk about dating yourself. <laughs> Go listen to rock and roll. <laughs> what is it now? I'm going to put Lawrence Welk back on. <laughs> what is it? Hip hop? What is it now? What do they listen to? <laughs> Go listen to rock and roll. Oh, my God. You are turning into. Turning into the, my father. You're turning into your father. I've you are. Done, the last couple of years, I've definitely turned into my father. Oh, that's funny. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you're in, for, you're in for a fun ride. Uh, all right, let's go ahead. And uh, is there anything else we have to correct? Uh, just an expansion on the the DVC stuff. There is also discounts for regular passes for DVC members, so we want to make sure that we mention those as well. Okay. All right. Good. Anything else we messed up last week? We actually meant that there was no discount on Sea World passes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we meant. I do have one more announcement next uh, week. The team is going to be staying at the Swan and Dolphin for the week while we get some updated content for the Diz. If you have anything you'd like us to check out while we're on property, just send us an email to podcast at www.info.com, or you can call our toll-free number at 1-877-310-9662, or if you're outside the U.S., the number is 407-574-5093. And as always... If we use your email or your voicemail on the show, you will receive a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. You'll also be eligible to win in our monthly prize giveaway. We had a very excited uh, listener last week who won a three-day, two-night stay yeah. at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. That was the first of those prizes we gave away. I was glad it was that one. We had some other cool stuff in there, too. So be sure to uh, go ahead and send in your emails. You have a chance to win. And with that out of the way, now we can go on. And do the news. Number three this week, five guests and a cast member at Disney's Animal Kingdom were injured last week 
when trying to evacuate the Cali River Rapids attraction after it had malfunctioned. None of the injuries were serious, according to a Disney spokesperson, but all six were taken to area hospitals and released. According to the Associated Press, a sensor on the ride tripped, stopping it and forcing riders to evacuate. The injuries happened while people were moving from floats to a walkway, but Disney did not release any other details about the incident other than to say that this was the first time anything like this had happened. So it appears it was during the evacuation that yeah. something happened. But I'm actually the one who took the call from our witness, mm-hmm. and it, it came very early just after it happened. Right. And I guess I'm the one who passed along information that made it sound worse than it was. From what I understand, there were some injuries that bled a great deal. While they're minor, they were bleeders. Yeah. So I apologize for passing along erroneous information. However, it was firsthand, fast information that came almost as soon as it happened. Right. And when we put it up on the site, we also said that these are unconfirmed eyewitness reports. We were getting that information immediately. Mm -hmm. As we got new information, we corrected it. A few people got upset because I guess we didn't have the entire story as soon as we put it up. And sometimes that's, you know, we try and we try our best, but, you know, we had someone there at the scene giving us eyewitness accounts of what was going on. Someone who worked for Disney giving us this information. So we did, uh, we did try and update the site quickly as, as new information yeah. was released. But in the beginning, it looked like it was something very serious. I mean, you can get a head laceration and the scalp and stuff bleeds very yep. prominently and it, it, could look worse than it really was, but, you know, we took the information. I do know could. that six ambulances were brought in. I have a feeling this is, gonna, this is not going to go away. We're going to hear more about this. I think we're getting the official Disney spin on this mm-hmm. the same way we always do after every incident at Disney. Once things settle out, you're going to hear some things about this. Um, we know for a fact that they closed the ride and they drained it right after the incident. That tells me more than just... There was a little blood in the water. There was a little blood in the water. They're not going to drain it unless there's a lot of blood in the water. Right. And I have a feeling that once the things start to come out and people start to do their lawsuits, you know, as much as Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I think you get you guaranteed five lawsuits here. Yeah. You're guaranteed. Or if it's one family, one big lawsuit. Right. But um, it just lets, you know, I'm, I'm glad no one was seriously injured. I'm glad that it ended up being less than what we initially thought, but... You know, we do try and get this information up on the site as quickly as possible sometimes. These rides are kind of scary, too. I mean, you always hear stories about, you know, not Disney's ride per se, but similar uh, rapid rides, boats flipping and and guests being tossed from the ride. So I just think it's one of those things where you have to be cautious about what's going on. It's not something I have to worry about. I'm one of those people who doesn't like to walk around wet. Yeah. So I just don't ever ride it. This one, I don't think you get that wet on this ride. I think you get, you've ever been on, uh, on the right Pluto's. Spot. Popeye and Pluto's. Pluto's, Pluto's Bill's yeah. Rut. Yeah, yeah it's my, you might as well be taking a bath. Oh, that's great. I love that ride. They literally, if you haven't gotten wet on the ride, they just ride you through a waterfall at the end. It's like you were just <laughs> you there, now we're wet. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get wet? Too bad. Well, and on to some other bad news, our number two story this week. Two Orlando sheriff's deputies were shot last week outside the Caribe Royale Hotel in Lake Buena Vista when they interrupted a car burglary. 
Fortunately, neither officer was seriously injured. The shootout happened only a day before the hotel was to play host to a state council meeting to discuss a number of issues facing Central Florida, including poverty, violence, and drug abuse. This is only the latest in a string of crimes that have been plaguing Central Florida over the last year. In fact, the Justice Department announced last week that they would be sending teams of federal agents from both the FBI and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms to Orlando to assist in getting some of the violent crime under control. I think one of the first things Orlando can do if it wants to get crime under control is get rid of this idiot sheriff we have, Kevin Beery, this 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 lazy, do-nothing, ethically-challenged jerk that... <laughs> Oh, he's horrendous. I hope you don't ever get a speeding ticket. Yeah, really? This is the guy. This is the guy. Well, first yeah. of all, they're, they're, the ethics investigation is already underway. He goes on trial, I think, August 6th because he was setting up nonprofit organizations and then giving them uh, giving them contracts, giving them contracts with the city. Amazing. And then cashing checks for $200,000 for himself. So he's going to have some problems. But uh, then, you know, when he was first elected years ago. The first year he was in office, I think he spent seven months on junkets. You know, he had to go to a conference in Hawaii. He had to go to a conference in Europe. He had to go to a conference here, there, everywhere else. Guy spent virtually no time doing his job. One of the things that I always think is interesting about these crime statistics that we have in Orlando is there was a time when Orlando was rated in the top five as far as crime. And what they don't take into account is tourists. When they count the per capita crime, they only count residents. They don't count. They don't ever count the influx of tourists in the number right. of people that are here. So we can have as many tourists in town as we have local residents, but those people aren't counted in this statistic. So the, any crimes committed by people who are here through transient means, or people, or crimes that are committed. Not only to them or by them. Right. Those people are not committed. They always do a crimes per capita. Right. And that skews the numbers because there's so many more people here than really live right. here. Right. But we, I mean, we have a real problem, though. We're, I mean, I'm not our, suggesting our murder, we don't. Our murder rate so far for the first four months of this year is double what it was the first four months of last year. I don't know if you mentioned this in what you read, but we're one of only four cities in the United States where the FBI has physically come in. To help us, right? They're crime. sending these. They're sending these teams. Uh, FBI and the ATF are sending these teams to various cities right. that need help. One, of, but we're one of four. We're, yeah, we're one of them. The other thing is, uh, while you hear this, I don't want people to think that you know you have to wear your flak jacket and your helmet. No, no, of course not. To go to your local Denny's. I mean, we all live our lives normally. I mean, crime exists. I just don't want to scare people away by this. It's not something that most people deal with on no, a daily like, basis. I, I wanted to bring it up, though, because I think it's something, A, that we don't talk about all that often, and, and B, you know, stuff like this, you know, this is a car, you know, a car robbery that could easily have been, they could easily have been inter- interrupted by two guests and, you know, may not have turned out so well. So people do need just to be aware. You're in a public place. You're in a city with other people and stuff happens. Right. I think the problem is people think, okay, I'm going to Disney. I'm in that magic bubble where nothing yeah. can happen to me. I was me. just going to say that. I right. said the problem with this crime is now it's popped that Disney bubble of, oh my goodness, something so atrocious has happened here. I mean, it happens everywhere. And the second problem is, is now this seems to be, we seem to have um, a run of these things. We had the, the kids at the Magic Kingdom who were out of control. Mm-hmm. We had some thefts at downtown Disney. So... Something else to add in this is that the media, 
while these stories, I mean, I'm not suggesting that the killing of two police officers wouldn't make the news, but a lot of the things that you hear about in the Disney area are magnified because it's at Disney. Mm-hmm. That That's a hook into the news story right oh, there. Oh, sure. Sure, absolutely. You know? I mean, it can be a mile and a half. It was like two miles away from the entrance to Disney, but they they can stretch it out to ten miles from Disney. No, they make it sound like it happened inside the park. Right Right. there. So it it didn't happen in the park. Well, again, no reason for anyone to panic or change your plans. It's just information we like to put out there to remind everybody that reality does work its way in down here sometimes, and you need to use... Good sense and caution wherever you are, whether it's on Disney property or off. So, And on a much better note, the number one story this week, Harry Potter, as has been rumored for many months now, and as we have told you on this show before, is con- indeed confirmed to be coming to Islands of Adventure at Universal Orlando. The official announcement was made uh, last week and confirms that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter will open sometime in late 2009. The new edition is a joint venture with Warner Brothers Pictures and Universal Orlando, It will be a 20-acre theme park within a theme park that will cost more than $200 million to build. will include Hogwarts Castle, Hogsmeade Village, and the Forbidden Forest. The area will also include what they're saying is a, quote, new high-tech attraction, two roller coasters, a three-broomsticks restaurant, and Hagrid's Hut. In an effort to ensure that the new area lives up to expectations, Universal has hired Stuart Craig, the Oscar-winning production designer behind the Potter films, to lead a team of 20 designers who will be creating the new area. The deal allows for Universal to license the rights to all Harry Potter characters for 10 years with opportunities for two five-year renewals each after that. The series author, J.K. Rowling, is said to be very involved with the project and has creative control over every aspect of the new park. So we had uh, told you about this. It's been on, it had been rumored before that on the internet um and we had said that there would be i had told everybody the announcement was going to be coming before the end of may so may 31st qualifies yep and uh, there's now two castles in orlando there will be two castles in orlando i think some of the specifics are pretty cool um they're going to be uh taking over only part of the lost continent and they're going to be expanding into their back lot taking over some of their quote-unquote cast or employee parking as well as a piece of land that's not being used now. So the park is actually going to expand, which is pretty cool. So Correct. we're not going to lose any, any real estate within the park. And also, what were the the figures? $235 million, 235 to 250 Something like that. For, for this expansion in the area. So I think that's pretty cool. I mean, it looks like they're really going to sink some money and some, some faculties into this and make it great. Well, what has really shocked me was the reaction I'm seeing on our discussion boards from even the most avid Disney fans who are saying, you know, I never gave Universal a second look before, but I'm going to go now. Mm. Um, I think this is going to have... It's going to be a home run. This this could be. It could be. Now, you know, I've said it before, Universal could screw up a two-car funeral, and we've seen them do it. So... You know, it all comes down to, I think they've got the right management team over there right now. I think the the resort, as I've been saying for a while now, this resort is prime for a resurgence. And this could do it. Now, making sure that they pay attention to the details. The problem is they lose the details after a while. When Seuss Landing first opened, it was magnificent. 
The last time I was there, the buildings are starting to look like they need to be cleaned. They had the Grinchmas there every year. They had shows in the area. And all of that eventually drifts away. And you're left with... There is a real inconsistency in how they do things a lot, mainly because their management team has changed so frequently. And one it's of the budget cuts. Also. Well, one of the things I was going to point out was that this this opportunity, when this opens in two thousand and nine, Universal is going to have to do more than just make sure that Harry Potter lives up to expectations. They're going to have to clean the rest of the park up. They're going to have to make sure that anything that needs to be rehabbed. Anything that needs to be painted. You've got a lot of people coming to your house. Make sure it's clean. Yep. Make sure it's clean or they'll never come back. You have an opportunity now. Universal has been dying to sink their teeth into this much of Disney's business for a very long time. This is the first and last opportunity you're going to get. You screw this one up and forget about it. They have, You'll never get them back. There's a potential in that park right now, Islands of Adventure. The teens go to the left side where the exciting rides are. The little kids go to the right side. In that Lost Continent area, people just walk through yeah. as a pathway between the two lands. Harry Potter could be a great addition or it could just be another destination. They're going to make a beeline to the back of that park. They're going to do that stuff and they're going to leave. So I agree. They have to really take a look at the entire park and see what else can we do, too, to, to make it great again. See, I think I'm one of the only people that just doesn't care. It's this, you know, personal preference. This is I, some, I watch the movies and you go do something else. You right. could care less. I, I just mean, couldn't care. I, tell you, I think I watched, it's a great franchise. Yeah. I, I watched the press handle it this week, and it just went whacker on, on the Internet. And especially over in, like, the U.K., they just latched onto it big time. Now it's a national treasure for those guys. Right. So. Yeah. Well, they are going to have the Maggie Smith ride. <laughs> then I'll go. Okay. <laughs> so I think Kevin wants Kevin's, to Kevin's undying love for Maggie Smith. I love Maggie Smith. But I'm 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 really excited about it. We're obviously going to go into more uh, more detail on this in our Universal show in a few weeks. Um, I think that show is probably either going to be the twelfth or the nineteenth. I haven't decided yet because we're going to be team's going to be in Disney for a week, so I don't know that we'll do the Universal show that week. But Probably the 19th. I think lightning will strike if we record a Universal show in Disney. Yeah, probably. Something something bad will happen. So, All right, folks, that is going to do it for us this week for the news. And, John, I think there was something you wanted to talk about before we did wrap up. I did, fire. real quick. Well, I don't know how quick it's going to be. Last week we talked to Tracy, one of our Dreams Unlimited travel agents who's on the uh, first ever Disney cruise in the Mediterranean. And that was a great conversation. We had a great time talking to her. We were very jealous. But one of the things she mentioned was she was working on a party for the Dizzers uh, while at sea. And it was going to be a Sweet Dreams and Sweet Treats party where they were going to get together and they were going to be in their pajamas and she was going to do some cool stuff. I asked her to email me when she was done with that party and let us know how it went. And I wanted to read you part of the email that she sent me. The party was a success. We ended up inside of Topsiders. Just in the back, and it worked out well. Um, we had an assortment of desserts available for everyone, and they all just sat and got to know each other. We had a couple new people come to the party and who had po only posted on the DVC trades board before. About 75% of the partygoers were in their pajamas. When it came time to give away the prizes, we had enough for everybody to get something. 
While calling out the prizes to be given away, I got many oohs and ahs, just like the cruise director Rachel does. Comments came in that our party was better than the Castaway Club party, and the prizes were certainly better. Wow. We gave away a cooler, which you saw the cooler we had designed. That was really neat. It's awesome. we got to get a picture of it up on the site. A number of backpacks, which, again, we designed. Um, visors, various T-shirts, flashing Italy pins, magnets, rainforest room passes, and gift certificates to the spa for $50, $75, and $100. Nice. I got many hugs for having such great prizes. Um, she talks about how people really love the cooler, how they love the different stuff. Sounds like they really had a great time. And she just said uh, she was sorry she didn't write to us sooner that the Internet's been spotty on the ship. So it sounds like they're having a really great time, and I'm glad they're really enjoying their stuff. Well, she um, that, that phone call last week got to me. <laughs> just, just the more I thought about it, so it looks like, uh, looks like Walter and I are going to bite the bullet. And we drove home and said... What can we do? Can we get on that ship? How I actually felt Disney on my way home. <laughs> um, uh, um, um, we're looking at the uh, looking at the July 18th. I think it is July, July 18th sailing out of Barcelona for I 10 sta- days. I started looking at the 14 day. Good. Look at the 14. Trip. You ain't coming on a cruise with me. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you chasing me around the ship? I ain't chasing you around. You chasing me around Europe? Yeah. I hear, could I hear that boot clop, clop, clop up the Coliseum steps? I have to see the EVC vehicle. Uh, take oh, that on. Yeah. And I, what do you think? Oh, I have an up- <laughs> No, no. It's an EVC vehicle, and I'm going to tell you why. It's an electric volley cot, and that's why it's an EVC vehicle. Is that like volleyball? No, volley. <laughs> anyway, it's an EVC vehicle. Volley. It's mine. So. I, can't, I can't make fun of him about him dropping his R's. R's. Because the way I talk. Water. Yeah, but he drops them and puts them in different words. <laughs> show up when like he drops to show up. He just puts them in different places. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, the more, I, but the more I look at that cruise, the more excited I am. So, there's something very romantic about being on that Disney ship and sailing through the Mediterranean and stopping at those ports of call. Oh, those ports of call, and waving at people and going, "Hello, poor people." <laughs> so now I'm. I'm <laughs> Coming to Europe and saying we are here to liberate you. <laughs> Send your cards and letters. Yeah, really. And emails to yes, I Kevin. Post on the boards. Oh, if you want politically correct, go somewhere else. <laughs> oh God. All right. So, uh, well, thank you for that, John. Let's go ahead and move on and do rapid fire. And since there's only four of us, Bob will go first. Okay. Uh, my rep. <laughs> what does that mean? Because <laughs> if there were more, I there usually more. end up going to Julie. Julie's usually the first one with her hand up. Oh, oh I got one. She's a little one. brown noser. I miss Julie. <laughs> Julie, if you're out there, you've been missed. You too, Corey. Okay, my rapid fire is uh, NASA says shuttle will launch on time uh, as of right now. Uh, they June, lie. June 8th, <laughs> 8 p.m. Ooh, night time. launch or uh, dusk launch. Dusk launch. Uh, that should be That's still pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, I I got to see if we can head over that way or watch it from up in the Swan Dolphin or something. But if if you're in Florida this week and you've never seen a shuttle launch, it's the most incredible thing. That it's part of the reason I moved to Florida so I could go out my door and watch the thing or go drive okay. to the coast. It's it's just incredible. 
It's one of those things, though, that if you're in Central Florida, you don't actually have to drive to the coast. Walk out in front of your house. You can yeah. see it from almost anywhere in Central Florida. The benefits of living yeah. in a flat state, you can see that shuttle go up from anywhere. So don't panic and think right. you have to get down to the to coast. The east. Also, people should know that if you are considering going that way, traffic becomes very, very, very heavy. Mm. Yeah. And it's very crowded over Yeah, the get coast. out there early if you're going to go out yeah. to the coast to right. see it. By 12, 1, 2 o'clock, somewhere around there. I mean, it's cool. At my house, I go out to the street and just look east right down the street, and you can actually see it. And I'm 75 miles away. But it's, you know, and it's, it's cool because but it looks like a, a tiny little, yeah. little ball of flame going up in the – when you're out there, when you're like – Five miles, ten miles from the launch site. You see the shock site. wave coming across the water, and it's you get that shock wave too. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty intense. John experience. and I live closer. We live about forty miles from the coast, and if you're quiet, you can hear the rumble. It takes about five minutes to get to our house. Wow! But you can hear it. Yeah. The other thing you can see too is if the sunlight is just right, you can actually see the shuttle. You can pick pick the shuttle up, and then you can see the two. Um, Solid rocket boosters. The solid rocket boosters p- fall away. Wow, which is really cool. Right. Now so, the the creepiest thing is when they come back in for a landing and you get those sonic booms. Uh-huh, and oh, you yeah. forget about it. Remember, the, <laughs> oh, I remember the first time the after the first time that happened after we moved down here. I thought the neighbor's house had exploded because that could be the only possible explanation for that noise. They don't let you go over and, well, they don't tell you when it's coming in exactly. They don't want people coming over to watch it. First of all, there's nothing to see. It looks like a plane landing, but it does break the sound barrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's and a it's, double, double boom. And you can actually, if you go to the NASA site, you can actually see the the, the landing. The reentry. Path, but it, it's not. The same. It, it happens like like that. It's just a snap of the fingers. It's like going to an airport gone. and watching a plane it's land. Like, it's like a brick coming down. It, it happens so fast. But the launch is spectacular. And if you can take a day and go out there and pretty much go anywhere. It, and if you can't find a, a spot that you can actually see the, the, t- uh, the, the assembly building, go to any flat uh, parking lot. And go as far west in that parking lot as you can and look east, and you'll be able to see the launch. It, it's just incredible. I can't tell you. Anymore. Or just climb on top of Cinderella Castle. <laughs> okay, Galileo. Hang on, hang on to the spire. Yeah. I'm confused. Well, how do you why know which way the well, we, we Why would you go west to look east? <laughs> you go as far away f- because you have all of that parking lot. You don't have the trees in the in the background. So you're as far away from the trees Bob, as possible. Bob, the thing's being launched into space. I think you can be able to see it from pretty much any place you <laughs> Six are. Six-foot trees are eventually the tree. Well, 30 eventually seconds after it launches, it okay. doesn't matter where you're standing. You'll be able to see it. That's true. I mean, we were at Universal one year, and we were taking the boat ride back to uh, uh, Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And a shuttle launch Were you facing east or west? I was as far west as possible. In the boat? In we the were boat. In the boat. <laughs> and I could see the... We could see the the shuttle go from there. So, as I said, John and I walk out the front door and look. <laughs> it's like you yeah. know, thirty seconds after it clears the tree line. Okay, it's okay. some of us technical people. I'm sorry. <laughs> are you done picking on me? Not yet. Okay. All right. We've got years to go. Are you done? Uh, are you got more. I'm done. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. Mister Close. I'm going to review the Zagat guide very quickly. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> he liked that one. How was that for rapid? There you go. 
I actually am not a big fan of it. This There's, is the new uh, the new Zacket guy that's come out for Walt Disney World. I think it's confusing in the way they do it. I mean, it's not impossible. I just don't think it's very user-friendly. The other thing they've done is they've interviewed or uh, surveyed about 5,000 people. If it's 4,500, if it's 5,200, uh, who cares? It's about 5,000. And what they've done is they've actually lifted quotes out of people's responses, and that's what makes up the review. However, they interviewed Disney fans. So what you've got is, in my opinion, you've got a rather Pollyanna view of Walt Disney World. For instance, they say things like, and I'm going to read to you, um, for instance, Primeval Whirl. This is a ride that almost everyone thinks is a big old waste of time. It's impossible not to giggle like a fool, in quotation marks, riding Dino Land's kooky, colorful, wild mouse tilt-to-whirl combination. The cars and heads constantly spinning with twists, turns, and steep drops. Now I know, now I know how a ping-pong ball feels. Though jerky, jarring, it's a jerky, jarring romp that can uh, be prone to headaches. That's what they say about Primeval Whirl. Gag me. Primeval yeah. Whirl is a roller coaster where you spin. And it's probably the least boring, the least appealing thing in a in a park that's fully themed. This is so. I I guess my point here is I'm not making a whole lot of sense, but you make sense. It's the least Disney thing in the whole park. It's basically a theme park, uh, an amusement park, amusement park ride. It's a it's a wild mouse ride dropped in the middle of this theme park. Well, that whole section of the park was just an excuse to put chumpy carnival rides in Animal Kingdom. And what happens is they've given it a great review. In my opinion, this is just a big old waste of your time. Are there any negative reviews in there or anything? Nothing. I couldn't find anything. If there's anything, it's at the end, and it says, you know, a small portion of people thought this wasn't didn't like this. I don't and trust anything that's all positive. I don't either. And, I mean, I went to something that never gets a positive review. Yeah. Uh, you ask anybody, and most people go, well, it's all right, but it doesn't fit in Disney World. I participated so, in that survey. That survey was done all online, all on the Internet, and it was basically... What do you think of this? Rate it. What do you think of this? Rate it. What do you think of this? Rate it. And then there were a couple of open-ended things like, in the Magic Kingdom, rank these things and rank those things. So, it wasn't the most scientific survey ever done. I mean, it, I mean, here's Cosmic Rays. It's hilarious. An alien lounge singer, renditions of classic hits. It just goes on and on, and that's not how I would describe Cosmic Rays at all. Yeah. Loud and bad food. Yeah. Loud, crowded, and. Bad counter service. So, I, in my opinion, this is fifteen ninety five. Your money, if you're looking for a guidebook, could be much better spent elsewhere. Cool. Thank you, Kevin. John, I have two things for rapid fire. Uh, talking more about these great Mediterranean sailings, Disney has once again lowered their prices. The fourteen night uh, transit transatlantic cruise back from Barcelona to Port Canaveral. One thousand ninety nine for the first and second guest in the category twelve state That's room per person. Per person, six ninety nine per person for the third and fourth guest in the room, and then they have recently increased the shipboard credit you get for being a Disney Visa card holder. So you can get a hundred dollars shipboard credit for these sailings for being a Disney Visa credit card holder. Um, if you're looking for to take this cruise, if you've got the time, if you can get over there. These are incredible rates. Yeah, I'll tell you what you should be expecting generally for airfares right now. This over the summer, as I took a look, I've been Corey and I were looking like mad at 
at airfares. It seems like the, the, the going rate, a decent rate, seems to be about $1,200 a person round trip. From Orlando. From Orlando. Um, that's connecting into through an, a, a, another hub city, whether it's Atlanta or New York, and flying on from yeah. there to Barcelona. But, uh, you know, really and truly when you're looking at, because even on the um, the July 18th sailing that I'm looking at, the um, Category 12 guarantee uh, staterooms are $1,500 a person. And this is, ten, now granted, now you're talking about steer, basically being on steerage, in steerage on a Disney ship, but you're talking $1,500 a person for a 10-night Mediterranean cruise on board a five-star sailing vessel. All your food. And, you know, that's inclusive with your food. So I don't know. I think there are some, some once-in-a-lifetime deals to be. That's why really I've got to go do it. I've got to go do it. It just looks too good. So. And you know Disney's going to do special stuff and have speakers and all that good stuff going on. So it's going to be some Yeah, because you only cool get on the, on the transatlantic, you're only getting, what, two stops. You're stopping in Gibraltar. There's not a lot of stuff in the middle. And you're stopping in Cadiz, <laughs> is it? Cadiz, Spain? He yelled at me about that. We talked about it a long time ago. You did. I said there's not a lot of stuff in the middle. Yeah. That hasn't changed. Five, five days crossing. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a long time. And then you stop at Castaway Key. On, uh, but then people I've talked to, people I've talked to who've done other um, repositioning cruises with a lot of days at sea said the same thing where they thought... What am I going to do for five or six days at sea? And it turns out that they just had a magnificent time. Well, so. not only that, but you are going on the Disney ship. And it's like a five-star hotel. So it's pretty much like going someplace where you're at the beach all the time. Yeah. There's pools and the spa and movies. And yeah, see, Diana a, would be up in the spa every day. She'd know. be pickled. She'd be yeah. pruned. Pruned. The second item I have for Rapid Fire is uh, Super Soap Weekend is November 10th and 11th of this year, 2007. Um, this is a big must-see activity for any soap opera fan who wants to see their favorite soap opera stars. Um, the 2007 lineup has not been announced yet, but Disney has released their autograph session policy. And what you're going to need is an on-location fast pass. Uh, these will be needed to get any celebrity autograph. They're going to be distributed starting at 9 a.m. when Disney MGM Studios opens. And there's going to be different locations and where you can get uh, different these different fast passes for the different um, soap opera stars. We have that on the Diz. Go check it out. I think it's pretty cool if you're a soap opera star, a soap opera fan, um, to go and see these people. It doesn't appeal to me, but that ends my rapid fire. Thank you, John. And for me, all I've got this week is just reminding everybody that Haunted Mansion will be closing for rehab June 6th and will not reopen again until September 12th. So if you're coming to Disney World this summer, you're not going to see Haunted Mansion because it is in desperate, desperate, desperate need of an update. They're going to quickly make it the Haunted Harry Potter Mansion or something like yeah, that. Right. <laughs> Try to get in there before Universal does. All right, that is going to wrap it up for Rapid Fire for this week. And we're going to move on. And since June 1st saw started the beginning of hurricane season here in Orlando, and we were also treated to our second name storm of the year, Tropical Storm Barry, which gave us some much-needed rain in this area. But it looks it's really looking like it's going to be an active season this year, so that uh, we should... 
spend some time talking about what to expect if you're going to be down here through hurricane season. If, unfortunately, one happens to hit while you're here, some things you might want to keep in mind. And uh, who would like to who would like to start off with some, some tips and ideas? John? I've got a whole bunch of stuff I want to share with folks. First of all, um, as Pete mentioned, hurricane season officially began June 1st, and it runs through November 30th. As we know, we can get storms on either end of that, but that's when the most, uh, the mo- highest likelihood of a hurricane occurring could be. Um, before you leave, a couple things you want to do is make sure that you check with the National Weather Service, and you can visit the National Hurricane Center website. They'll have the most updated information and the tracking information so you can see where the storms are heading uh, before you actually travel. What you want to do is you want to provide contact information to your family and friends and maybe even your employer. Um, make sure they know where you're staying. Give them the name of the hotel. If you're using a travel agent, give them the, the phone number for the travel agent because communication is very likely to get knocked out in a storm. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a cell phone, cell phone services can go out as well. Towers can go out. Um, just a side note, Disney's always been very proactive when it comes to storms. They've been known to put... Um, letters in people's rooms, letting them know what to expect. They've been very, very active in making sure that people are comfortable and and taken care of. So if you're staying in a Disney hotel, try not to worry too much about that. They're going to take care of you. Common sense, stay inside, stay away from a window. All that will be taken well, care I th- of. I, don't, I think that, that can't be underscored enough because I know one of the things, I mean, I've I've lived through many hurricanes, but, you know, a few years ago when Hurricane Charlie came through, Walter had never been in a hurricane before, never seen a hurricane. And something that people like to do, apparently, is when a hurricane comes, they want to sit outside. They want to mm-hmm. see what it's like. Now, even if it's a mild hurricane by hurricane standards, let's say 90-mile-an-hour winds, a piece of debris traveling at 90 miles an hour will kill you just as quickly as a piece of debris traveling at 150 miles an hour. And... It's just, it's a stupid thing. Most of the injuries and, and fatalities that take place during hurricanes are from people who are places they shouldn't be. Exactly. They're out in it, or they're walking around in it afterwards, and there's a power line down, because yep. power lines go down all the time during hurricanes, and people are walking around, they step in a puddle where a power line is, and that's the end of it. I was going to mention that. Stay away from any down power lines. Um the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that Disney is on their own power. So the likelihood of Disney losing power or your hotel losing power is slim. If you're not at a Disney-owned hotel, that's a different situation. You could lose power. But uh, the local hotels, through the last set of hurricanes, gave out flashlights, made sure that everybody was aware of what could happen. They all have emergency lighting in their hotels, so don't panic. But if you're in a Disney hotel, you're not going to lose power. You're not going to... Be worried about the building collapsing around you. You're not going to be worried about being flooded out. Um, What I want to give everybody a piece of advice is um, remember that when you're here, the people that you're interacting with, the employees of the hotels, the Disney employees, they're all going through the same thing you are. They just happen to be working then. So they're worried about families and friends back at home. They're worried about their property at home. So if you get someone who might seem a little stressed out, or might not being atten- paying attention to you the way you want them to pay attention, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. You know, these folks are going through some some pretty rough times themselves while trying to make sure that you're happy and safe and comfortable. 
One other point I want to make, too, um, I think something that some people tend to forget. Um, if you are, unfortunately, get stuck here during a hurricane, keep in mind that you and your family are going to be relegated to your hotel room for what could be many, many hours. It could be as long, you know, depending on how fast or slow the storm moves through. I know for Charlie, we were, we couldn't, we couldn't go outside for like seven or eight hours. Um, the winds were that strong for that long. So, and for Hurricane Francis, it Rita went on for Francis, whichever one it was. That was Francis like, was really slow moving. It yeah, went on for one. days. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was like two days. Yeah, that was the one I went to Alaska. It was crazy. So you you, get, you have to consider that you're going to be in that hotel room with your family for what could be an extended amount of time. You may want to have some, you know, alternate. Alternate ideas, alternate forms of, of entertainment uh, on hand, whether it's games or books or whatever it is your kids do for entertainment. You might want to make sure you're you're well prepared for that. And also to make sure you stock up on some snacks. Yeah, I was going to say food, you know, some bottles of water. Because you're not going to be able to go walk into the food court for, uh, you know, for dinner. If it's if it's 120 mile an hour winds, we drove to the Animal Kingdom Lodge in Francis. We did. We had run out of stuff to eat, and, and we then, shopped in their gift shop. <laughs> that was the only place that was open. It was the Animal Kingdom Lodge gift shop. We had donuts and milk. I think. Couple of other things. Trip insurance. I was going to mention trip insurance. Good idea. Trip insurance. Trip insurance. Trip insurance. If you're coming during hurricane season, it's a good idea. But keep in mind, if you book your own airfare, that Disney trip insurance only covers Disney stuff. Also, specifically ask if the trip insurance will cover interruptions due to hurricanes. That's something you want to make sure you specifically ask about. Another tip I would recommend is having cash in your pocket. If you're one of those people that travels with credit cards, ATM cards, things like that, if we lose our power, the ATM machines don't work. And it's good to have actual physical cash. Something I have to think about is bringing um, some extra medication. Yes, Bringing, being diabetic, if you're coming during a hur- any anything that needs medication, if you're coming during a hurricane, there's a possibility that you might be stuck here for a couple extra days. Always have enough medication to get you a couple days past the end of your vacation. The one thing we didn't touch on was Disney Cruise Line. And if you have a Disney Cruise planned, please keep in mind that Disney has not only your well-being at stake, but the well-being of their vessel. Yeah, please don't be one of those fools who starts yelling at Disney Cruise Line because they changed the itinerary because they didn't want to go through a hurricane. Right. If you're coming in it's hurricane season, you might be going someplace other than the place you you thought you were going. And that does not entitle you to anything for free. Right. It says right in the Disney terms and conditions, they reserve the right to change their itinerary. That is one of my biggest pet peeves with people. When they get on Cruise Line about changing course because of a hurricane and that they want this wasn't what i was you know what i booked i didn't book a trip oh my to, shore excursion has been changed tough you know i just you know what it's safety, like shut up yeah your safety is more important because and those those idiots are the first ones they are the first ones to file a lawsuit if something happens if you know disney didn't adjust the adjust right. course these would be the first part of people calling a lawyer as soon as they get off the ship so i just i don't know throw them overboard yeah. And they're prepared to take the ship to another port, too. They'll either take it to Miami. They'll, they have plans to take it over to Tampa and then bus everybody over. To, they to, have handled. Uh, so we've they, seen a number of times where they've had to put in a different port. Right. Or stay out to sea a little bit longer. And, again, that goes back to the medication thing. Right. 
always travel with a little bit more than you need. We, uh, we have our opinions of Disney and the things they do wrong, but I think we can all agree that when it comes to people's safety, they do it right. They do. Yep, do. Absolutely. In, in a situation that they can avoid and that they want to, they can prepare for, they're going to make sure that you're safe and sound. And if that means you can't leave your hotel for 24 hours, or if it means the ship goes to a different port of call, that's what they're going to do to make it safe. And thank God for that. Well, just a few tips there, folks. If you're planning on traveling between now and the beginning of November during hurricane season, some things to keep in mind. So, One other thing to add to that is sure. it's a great time to come. Oh, yeah. The crowds are lower. The weather's better, usually. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. day, okay. after, day after any kind of tropical system, like today. Today is gorgeous it's out. Absolutely it is. beautiful out. Absolutely. It was like spring outside today. I promise I won't come up with any more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to move on to our next segment, and Kevin Close is going to give us his review of Restaurant Akershus at Norway. All right. I never would have gone to the princess character dining or the royal character dining, whatever it's actually called, if you hadn't asked me to. This was done solely on request, and we there were four of us who went. John and I took my mom and dad. Four adults went to this, and we went under the guise that we'll go someplace after this and actually eat. We never expected it to be good. Uh, I made the reservations. I had no trouble getting a reservation for this meal. Really? Yeah, which is great. I, you hear about Cinderella's Royal Table all the time and how people get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and do crazy things to try and get a reservation. I called a week in advance and got a table at what I consider to be a good time, about 2.30, uh, with no problem whatsoever. So we approached... Norway with the hesitation of this is really going to be awful and we walked in we walked up to the podium and we were seated I think within about three minutes Wow! they said there might be a 10 minute wait oh nope come on we have a table for you you walk inside uh, the restaurant and the restaurant is the perfect setting for a, a princess luncheon it's got a castle feel to it uh, it's all made out of stone, and there's the gothic arched windows and the chandeliers. It's really a nice atmosphere. Now, I've eaten at Akershus in the past, and it was very, it was themed to Norway. The food was themed to Norway. Mm. So we, as I said, we were a little hesitant. We were pretty sure that most of the people in our party were not going to eat. After you get in the restaurant, they ask you to line up, and you are taken into a small area and you're allowed to have one-on-one -on -one time it's only you and your party with uh one of the princesses the day we went it was snow white really and i have to tell you she was perfect she snow looked white. like snow white she sounded like snow white she was just delightful so your entire party is allowed some one-on-one -on -one time before you get into the main restaurant after that you're seated uh, the way this is set up is i assumed it was going to be a buffet all buffet and it's not. They're, your appetizers are on a buffet, and then you're allowed to choose from a list of entrees for your meal. Now, we approach the buffet, again, thinking it was going to be all raw fish and things we don't eat. And we're pleasantly surprised. The food was not only um, fresh and plentiful, it was good. Wow. They had salad fixings. There were um, cheeses and sliced meats. And the sliced meats were things like turkey and salami and ham. Now, again, they've Americanized this buffet 
Yeah, they in had, order to, they had to right. I mean, you used to have reindeer and things like that on the buffet. Yeah, this is there now. There is a nod to Norway. There's uh, smoked cold fish and things like that. If you're interested, hmm. a little tidbit: uh, salmon is apparently popular in Norway, and in the past they have sliced locks on the buffet. Now, I'm from New York. You don't eat locks unless you have cream cheese. And I asked for cream cheese and was told that that was not something that they, anybody in Norway would ever eat. No one would ever eat cream cheese with their fish. Well, they still have the locks on the buffet. Now they have cream cheese sitting next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had anything to do with this. I just think it's the way of making it more American. Most people, you know. Right. I think this is something that they thought they would like. You scared them. <laughs> Say that. God, it's the guy with the crab cake. <laughs> it's the crab cake person. Oh, not him. He's going to complain about our salmon. Yeah, that's, it why was, we, that's why we can't put a picture uh, of Kevin. This food, I'm sorry, the restaurant itself was chaotic. First of all, there's an amazing amount of children in the place, obviously. But the restaurant, they've got a lot of tables in there. But it was, it, and it was organized chaos. However, there was never a line for the buffet. So I have to give Disney credit the way they were seating people. And bringing them up and things like that. It was just, it was wonderful. Uh, there's chicken salad on the buffet. What am I missing? You were there. There were some, like you said, uh, more um, traditional meals. There was a, a herring, a, a red cabbage herring thing you could try. And there was a shrimp mousse on a hard-boiled egg, which Ooh. skewed me out. Ooh. However, these I were, it was all right. these were few good. and far oh, between. These are few and far between. For the most part, you had things that anyone would eat. And what I thought was funny was you would see these little girls dressed up as princesses, and you thought, oh, these little girls aren't going to eat anything. And they go up to the buffet, and one girl, put, little girl put her hand up, and she'd grab a handful of ham and stuff it in her face and go back to the table. So kids were finding stuff to eat, which I thought was great. Like you said, a full cold salad bar, bread, butter, um, a really good selection, enough to, to anyone can find something to eat and be satisfied with it. I was also surprised at the number of boys in the restaurant. That mm. I didn't expect to see that. I expected all of these kids to be boutiqued. You know, they all were going to have that bibbidi-bobbidi boutique look about them. And it wasn't. It was a wide variety of people. And there were several tables of just adults. So there's other Disney crazies out there, too. Uh as I said, there were four of us, and there are six entrees, so we tried four out of the six. We did that just for you, Pete. We made sure we all had something different. Cool. Uh, there was pasta akershus, which is pasta sautéed with garden vegetables, fresh herbs, uh, garlic roasted pesto, and you had your choice of chicken or salmon on top of that. There's a pulled pork with lingonberry barbecue sauce and Norwegian coleslaw. There's a traditional dish. I'm not even going to begin to attempt to pronounce it. It's K-J-O-T-T-K-A-K-E. It's a mixture of ground beef and pork with seasoning served with cauliflower, uh, cheese-infused mashed potatoes, and vegetables. It came with a red wine beet sauce. There was a soup and sandwich, which is Jarlsberg and leek soup um, with a sandwich with salmon. Uh, braised lamb, which sounds like a dinner, but it's actually a stew and a pan-seared trout. We had four of these. We had the pasta, the pulled pork, the traditional dish, and the braised lamb. Mm. Everybody's food came, and everybody was surprised with the quality and the speed in which our food came. Really? It was all served hot. It was all served fast and fresh. It has, with a just cooked quality, it didn't taste like it came off a steam table. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, all 
well, three of the four entrees were a hit. John had the traditional dish, which was the ground beef and pork. My dad had the braised lamb stew, and my mom had the pasta. All three people thought their food was terrific. I got the pulled pork with lingonberry yeah. glaze. I don't know. Ling- There's two cords that run down the side of your jaw, and I don't know what it is, but apparently lingonberries cause mine to clench up. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. It actually hurt. It was so tart. Um, I asked the gentleman who was our server if it was possible to change my entree. He was absolutely polite, uh, accommodating, and said, hang on just a second, and came back with something else. So now I ordered the same dish John had, which, while it has an odd name and a description, it's basically Salisbury steak. It was a wonderful mixture of ground meat with a pretty much a gravy over the top of it. My dad ate his braised lamb stew pretty quickly. Something that's not on the menu and not advertised, our server asked us if we wanted anything else, if he wanted more. It's all you can eat. Oh. Now, again, there's a lot of food on the buffet, a lot of food on the salad bar portion of the buffet, and your entree is a good size. But something to keep in mind if you're really hungry, that if you want more, they'll bring you more. Okay. While we're eating, um, I've eaten in the Crystal Palace before, and you see the Winnie the Pooh characters cycling through the room. They're pretty much always out. The way this works out, and again, I have to give Disney kudos, is... The restaurant is just a restaurant, and all of a sudden, you can actually hear through the crowd the ripple. Here they come, here they come, here they come. And the princesses come out. There, As I said, one princess is stationed at the entrance, and then there are four princesses. Now, the day we were there, it was Cinderella, Jasmine, Ariel, and Aurora. And they cycled through the restaurant and stopped at every single table. You were allowed as much time with the princesses, one-on-one time. They posed for pictures. They were gracious. It was wonderful. Hmm. Just wonderful. And what was really fun as adults was watching the kids at the other table, the anticipation that they, they were coming. As a matter of fact, I said to one of the princesses, you have to turn around. There's a little girl behind you who's about to explode. So it was it was very nice, very well done, extremely efficient. Now, dessert is served in a different way. They bring out all of the desserts on one plate for the table. And it, the desserts were a chocolate mousse cake, a lingonberry cheesecake, and something called rice cream. I suggest you fill up on the buffet, which is good, and the, <laughs> the entree, which is good. The desserts were dreadful. As a matter of fact, we have pictures of all of the entrees and the buffet and all of the princesses that we saw. None of us liked the desserts, and we didn't take a picture of them. And I think that was an oversight. It wasn't that we decided they weren't photo-worthy. It's just that nobody was excited about them. They were them. forgettable. Yeah. It's one of those things that Disney either does really well or not so great. Always with their desserts. It's just, and if you're at all watching your calories or your carbs or anything, don't bother. The cost of all of this, um, oh, your entree includes a non-alcoholic beverage, unless you want one of those special things with the glowing ice cube in it or a smoothie. Um, A traditional soft drink, uh, coffee, tea, milk are included in the cost of your entree. It was $24.99 for adults, anybody over the age of 10. Uh, Princesses and princesses under the age of 9 are $13.99. And there was a separate, complete menu for the kids, and 
you know, typical good stuff the kids would want, pizza and... Grilled chicken breast or grilled salmon was one of them. A, um, a Viking turkey and cheese roll-up. A hot dog, pizza, pasta and meatballs, or cheese ravioli. So there was something there for everybody. Uh, the price of this, the entrees change a little bit. Um, for dinner. Not a huge change at dinner. But instead of the pulled pork sandwich, you have things like braised short ribs. Uh, they have a fresh poached cob and a venison stew. These are some of the things that change at night. And the price goes up to twenty eight ninety nine for ten and over, and fifteen. I'm sorry, thirteen ninety nine for nine and over. And again, those nine same things. I'm sorry, nine and under. Nine and under. I apologize. The children's entrees remain the same at dinner. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate the review. And we're going to move on. And Mr. Varley did a Send Bob to the Park segment. He went over to check out the opening of Star Wars Weekends at MGM. What's your report, Mr. Varley? My report is I went over there Friday and got there early. And Bob was, was mistaken for an Ewok. Yeah, an Ewok. <laughs> I, had, I had my EVC vehicle, and... I actually I was sitting on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, so I mean it, it, they had the basic things. You you have the sign as you're going through the gate, just before it with the Star Wars, so everybody can take a picture there. But this year I don't know if they've done it in past years. They had the stormtroopers. They had four of them up on top of the roof where you go through the turnstiles, and they they were. They had microphones and they were talking to people. Hey, you down there? Oh, really? Yeah. So, and that was cool. They did that uh, from the time I got there till just before the parade because the stormtroopers were in the parade, so they they came down the ladder and that. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the parade starts at eleven fifteen. Just to let everybody know, uh, try to find a spot. Along the route, it come. It starts out. It goes right up Hollywood Boulevard, and it goes over to the Star Star Tours area. So it, it just goes up straight up, and then takes a shop left. Uh, anywhere along there, you can get a pretty good seat uh, to to watch the uh, the parade. It's not long. It's like five minutes or so, uh, five ten minutes. Uh, it's a basic parade that they they start with uh, Mickey is dressed up in his Star Wars stuff, and he's in a car first, and they have a whole bunch of the little kids with their lightsabers. They go up the street first, and that's pretty cool, and all the parents are following behind them. And then they, they bring all the stars and the, the three cars. They have three guests each week, uh, each yeah, each week of the uh, month. And... Uh, uh, they put them in a car, and then they have all the stormtroopers and all the different characters walking up, and the Darth Vader. And it's it's pretty cool. So that happens each day of the event uh, at eleven fifteen. So you want this is a sure. Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing they do every yes, week. Yes, and uh, one of the things I want to mention about the Star Wars weekend, if you are in an electric cot like I am, and you're not into the Star Wars, avoid Star Tours area because it, it really gets congested over there. They get the people uh, having pictures taken with the different characters. Mm-hmm. So it gets tight over there. There's other ways to get to the back lot area, 
and you may want to think about taking that and going going that way instead of through there because it is congested. Uh, they have the the Jedi training program for the kids, which is cool. You know, uh, several times during the day, make sure you, you get a Star Wars program when you come in uh, to the park and look at it and kind of look at the different times that the events are going on. Uh, the ABC TV theater has a couple of shows. One's called Behind the Force. It's a 25-minute show, and that happens at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., uh, 3.45, 5, and 6 p.m. So you want to line up. You want to get there about a half an hour before the show to, to get in. So pick one of those times to do that. And then they have, once a day, they have the star, Stars of the Saga uh, celebrity talk show, and they, the three guests that are in the park for that week come out on stage and they sit down in, on a couch and chairs and, and talk about they have questions and answers. And mm-hmm. it, that goes for probably about 20, 25 minutes also, and that was pretty cool. I, got, I did get some video of that uh, while we were there. I shot some video of the parade also, and... Uh, so, and that's about that's about it. I mean, they also have a Legends of the uh, the Java's Hut, which while I was sitting on Hollywood Boulevard, I found interesting. All these collectors, Legends of the what? It's Legends of Pizza Hut. Legends of the Force. <laughs> uh, that's the motorcade. That's what they call the motorcade. I'm sorry, I I, I read too far. Java's Hut is where they have the merchandise for the Star Wars. Oh, okay, and. They have the collector's pins. Uh, I say Legends of Jabba's Hut. That sounds and, kind of disgusting. And Kevin, Kevin can, you know, some of these events they have limited edition. Uh, like they have, a, they had a Luke Mickey uh, pin that was limited to six hundred, and they had actually that's a figurine. I'm sorry, and then they had the pins which were R two D two and three C C three P O. Yeah, guy. <laughs> uh, uh, they have that pin and the Princess Leia uh, pin, uh, limit 1,000. So those were on sale. And they have other items there. And what I noticed was these people were walking by with case, a, a full case of something uh, that they were carrying out that these people were probably buying and going to sell on eBay and stuff. But. There were a whole bunch of people doing that. The plushes in the past, the little plush characters, all have uh, are dated. And in the past, some of them have become highly coveted also. There was a Darth Vader Mickey plush. I like that. That one. was highly coveted. I'm not sure if it was last year or a couple of years ago. I apologize for not having that information. But those are very popular also. Now, this is like... The 30th anniversary of Star Wars. It was yeah. They played it yeah. up. Really I was going to say, did they do anything special for that? They just played it up that it was the 30th year, and and uh, to be honest with you, the park was really jammed uh, for the day, and uh, I I ended up staying till the early afternoon when it started raining, and then I ended up booking out of there. But they they had uh, one of the the guests that were there was the guy that uh, Warwick. No, Warwick Davis wasn't there. They had him listed there, but they had someone else come in. Kenny Baker, who's the the guy that was inside R two D two R two D two, yeah. And 
He's short. Yeah, little guy. Yeah. And he fits they, in they, a trash can. Yeah, but he was short, and he had a little problem. The The weather was affecting him, and he had some bronchitis, so he was having a hard time talking. But it was amazing. They showed they actually showed some video inside of him in his costume with the head off, and he went through and told some of his, uh, you know, what was good and what was bad about it and how he kept cool, and it was like a toaster in the middle of a desert when they put him in oh, some of these imagine. places. It's, it makes me claustrophobic just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, so they explained some of that, and then they, Jay Laguna, I know he, he was there. Uh, <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Captain Typo? Typo? <laughs> Captain Typo? Typo. He's, he's the one who ran Java the Hut. <laughs> he's the one the coffee the, bar. The black... Uh, Eye patch on his head and the red hat. He was Captain there. Typo. Wasn't yeah. he in it Pirates? Captain Typho. Oh, Typho. Sounds like the character from like it, a. He was uh, on the attack. A of public the... public service announcement about you know making sure you you spell check. Schoolhouse Rock. Well, he was <laughs> in a, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Seath. Revenge Seth. of the Sith. I'm not good at. He mistypes Sith. But. Like we talked about before, they also something new. Rather than having people fight who's in line first for the autographs, they have the Disney Fast Pass where you, you go over and get the Fast Pass. And typo. <laughs> I think that's funny. You're killing me. I love it. I'm just doing my job. So, that's the bad guy. The good guy's Captain Spellcheck. Yeah. <laughs> Spellcheck. Oh, you guys are. Uh, some of the other things. There's a, uh, Why do you think I sent you to Star Wars Weekend? Because I know you can't pronounce these names. I know. that was. I, I was waiting for you. Some of these names are really hard. Uh, Sith. They have R's in them. Yeah, all four <laughs> letters of Sith is really tough. Dark, Dark Lord of the Sith. That's Darth Vader. Uh, but you should have seen the line for him. He's over by the entrance to the backstage tour area. Darth Vader? Yeah. And... Uh, uh, Mickey dressed up in his Mickey thing was over over that way too. His Mickey thing? Well, they had him in air conditioned area. Darth Vader dress him up all in black. Let him stand out in the sun. Stick him out in the sun. Yes, let's stick him out in the sun. You have a trap, Mickey's house. Yeah, really. Mickey gets to stand wherever he wants to stand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a Star Wars character encounters. That's on Mickey Ave. And like I said, Jabba the Hutt is is over there, too. Uh, so for the kids, the Jedi training area, you want to try to get them up uh, probably about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes ahead of time over in that area because they do pick the kids from the crowd to go over and participate. They don't get everybody, but they try to get a good amount of them. They put them up on the stage and, and down below. So uh, Underneath the stage? Yeah, and they practice the... No, they didn't do that. I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention to you. Uh, but they test their skills. They show Your how child to... isn't as attractive. He has to go underneath the yeah, stage. Sorry. Uh, they they show him the skills with a lightsaber. And uh, oh, here's one. Uh, they also have a Padawan mind challenge. Padawan is correct. I did it right. Yes. Uh Younglings use your Star Wars knowledge to pass the trivia trials and become an official Padawan learner. I didn't pass the test. 
Oh, no, Bob. The challenge begins at 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. And then they have this thing at the end of the day. It's at 7 o'clock. It's called Hyperspace Hoopla. And you join your favorite Star Wars characters as they they participate in the all the fun and the galactic stuff uh, for the closing of the event. So it's there's a lot there. I mean, the lines are fairly long for all the pictures uh, for the different characters, and they have some that are walking around. The stormtroopers walk around down back there by. Uh, uh, Mickey Yav, and so there's a lot of things going on. Were there a lot of guests dressed up? Usually, there's a lot of yes. And I wanted. Uh, I, I have a gripe. I was sitting on. Or is that a grape, Captain Typo? Grape. <sighs> it, don't pick on me. Uh, I was sitting on Hollywood Boulevard, and all of a sudden, the stormtrooper and a, a guy dressed in this brown cape with a hood came from somewhere on one of the streets. And he was a stormtrooper, but he had his helmet off. And he was walking around with his helmet off because it's hot, and these people dress up like they, it's you know they're going to be air conditioned, and it's like eighty six degrees, and all of a sudden they realize they're going to die. So this guy's walking down Hollywood Boulevard, kind of towards the entrance, and these people would stop and say, "Can I take your picture?" All of a sudden, this cast member showed up and. The guy disappeared. And that brought thoughts back to, you know, remember the Santa Claus thing? Right. And uh, I just, I don't know how he got into the park dressed like that. You know, Disney shouldn't let them come in dressed like that. We went, we went to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and the guy sitting next to us was dressed as Darth Maul, and really well. And little kids came over and asked if they could take their picture. Little kids from Great Britain. And a cast member told them no. They would not let him take the picture. Yeah, there's a big thing about that with Disney. Right. That yeah. if you're in costume, you can't be taking the she picture said to with them, other people. She said to Darth Maul, are you related to these children? And he said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, back. no, you're not. You're sitting on opposite sides of the street. So she wouldn't let them take a picture. So uh, a couple other things. Uh, I mentioned the Jedi Mickey. He's over in Inside Sounds Dangerous. And they're there from 9 to 7. Uh, that's one area. And the Fast Pass distribution is over somewhere in the area of the 50s uh, primetime cafe. I gave area. you some misinformation. It was Jedi Mickey that was the plush that was really popular, not Darth Vader oh, Mickey. Okay. So Darth Jedi Mickey, they Jesus. put him in the air conditioning. Darth Vader, they leave him out in the sun to bake. And uh, so right along on the side where the 50s... Uh, thing is, 50s prime time. They have three tents set up for the character or the the people to sign autographs. So it's a lot more controlled now than it used to be. It was like people would stand in line for hours, and then the pe- the people signing would get tired, and then everybody would be. So overall, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had over there, and but make some plans on seeing the different shows and and stuff. And getting the kids to the uh, the Jedi training thing, and especially the eleven fifteen. It's one parade, and then at three o'clock they throw the characters into the the cars parade. The fire pit. The, no, they no. They at three o'clock they do the parade, but it's not a Star Wars parade. It's their regular parade with all the characters. Okay. And I, 
I believe they they put the characters in in that too, uh, that are guests that are the, the guest stars. Yeah. So, but I didn't get to that because it started raining, so I left. All right. So that's it. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you for your your report on the opening weekend of Star Wars weekend at MGM Studios. That's going to do it for part one of our show this week, folks. We will be back shortly with part two, our email segment for this week. 